Pandora's box is about to open wide. You are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora, ladies and gentlemen. Respect that fact every second of every day. If there is a hell, you might want to go there for some R&R after a tour on Pandora. You've got to obey the rules. Pandora rules. Welcome to Pandora's Diddly Box, starring Drew Jameson, Ben Armstrong as Drew Stolberg. Nathaniel Warren is away on holiday this week, but with us, as usual, Callum Waite as Obadiah Pennywazzle. We hope that you're feeling extra snazzy today, whatever you're doing. Um, we are here again Woo! to be with you, to be inside of you. In the house. For the next hour or two. But Winkle's away this week on holiday, um, so we hope he's having a nice time in Ibiza. Ibiza, is that where he's gone? Yeah. So he's Carly like, just asked me and I was like, I don't actually know where he's gone. <laughs> I didn't know, um, but I, I happened to like bump into him. 
the in uh, on like Monday, I think it was, and uh, yeah, I asked him. He said he's going to Ibiza. Ibiza. So he's he's living out <laughs> his Ibiza Kevin and massive. Perry fantasy. Oh, All yes. I wanna do is do it. Pico, pico, pico. All I wanna do is do it. Pico, pico. All I wanna do is do it. Pico, 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 pico. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna be the next eyeball pool. Man, that movie. What a great amazing. movie! That is a great movie, isn't it? Maybe but I um, want to go to Ibiza. Did it? Mm. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I don't even know if it maybe want to go to Ibiza. I didn't know it was Ibiza at the time, yeah. but I was like, I want to go to a club like that when I was a little yeah. kid. <laughs> I remember yeah. my dad watched it with me and he was like, I'll take you one day there, son. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. And he found loads of jokes funny in it that I just didn't get at the time because I was just like way too young. Yeah, loads of like sort of like sexual jokes and stuff yeah. like that you just can't quite get. Yeah, I just think it's like funny... Um, I just think it's funny when he's like, girls do not poo. <laughs> like, to like bury stuff like Kevin and all that stuff. Mm. And like when, who is it? One of them accidentally does have a poo in the sea and then it's like, oh yeah. He's chasing him in the sea. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Um, right, we're just going to get right back, right into it though, with some interesting facts today. No dilly dallying. No dilly dallying around. Did, did you know that, obviously nowadays, bras are a common thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you think... You Those think, annoying things. You think breasts. You think bras. Hmm. Unfortunately, um, the sheath of the t- of the boob. One might call them. <laughs> but did you know that um, bras weren't even like a a popular thing until 1917? Hmm. The reason that bras became popular is because in the West, war in the War Industries Board called on women to make the switch from corsets oh, to bras say about corsets. in order to save metal. Hmm. This freed around 28,000 tonnes of metal, wow. which is enough to build two battleships. That's quite crazy, isn't it? It's, I know for like so many years throughout yeah, history, like cor- years, yeah. corsets were just like a, a yeah. massive thing and they would like tighten their, their belly in like super tight, wouldn't they? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Kind of crush your ribs a bit and it was all a bit... Yeah, apparently it's like pretty bad for you, man. Yeah, like yeah. It's like, the, it's like those Chinese people who, who put the feet in, in the oh, crush all their feet into yeah. these weird little shapes and stuff like, like that. Because like in China, like the smaller the foot, like yeah. your feet, the the better, the, it's almost like you're, the what more the attractive you're seen as. So women would like, yeah. Oh, like, that crushed up foot's def- well attractive. Deform their feet <laughs> yeah. by like forcing them into like essentially almost yeah, like children's they would shoes. break. They'd break their toes one by one from the outside. Yeah, and then they just got a deformed feet. Like fold them under themselves, and it's like painful for them to even like walk. Oh no, or, thank like, you. Yeah, it's a bit. Like, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like stuff like that. But yeah, yeah um, don't get it. It's crazy that like literally the only reason why like women wear bras nowadays is so is because wanted like, to b- build a battleship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the West needed more money or more uh, more battleships, mm. more metal for the war. So they were like, and then, but it obviously just like stuck. Mm. I guess women were like, actually, this is way better than wearing a corset. Mm. Screw yeah. wearing a corset, man. Yeah, man. Never yeah. tried. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, safely say that I've never tried to wear a bra and I never will. Um, this I've wore is... a bra before. Have you? Yeah, I think we probably all have it one. Just as a joke, yeah. yeah just, just trying it on as a little, as a little joke. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we all have it one stage yeah. or another, you know? <laughs> I think we'd be lying if we said we didn't. Is there a person alive who hasn't just had a Everyone's little Everyone's got to explore in their youth. When you're like, when you're like, dr- it's like the sort of thing you do when you're like drunk as a teenager, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. When you see your missus bra there, and you're just like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in, and now oh, I'm gonna I, have her bra on. I wouldn't try and do that because I've <laughs> always been way bigger than whoever my girlfriend's been, so I would like break it. Yeah, but that means your boob could obviously probably fit in the cup still. <laughs> yeah, but I just think, but there's other th- factors. It's like, yeah, the boobage. Yeah, I've yeah, got the boobage. I've, I've got the, the boobage. Mm. 
but just yeah. the circumference of yeah. like my back and chest. Probably like double the size, yeah. I'd either like break the bra or like stretch it to the point where then they put it on afterwards and it would probably just ruin it. Mm. So I'd feel pretty bad. I say free flow, man. Let the nips flow free. Yeah, me too. I mean, one thing, we've been watching some of that Daisy Jones on the oh, 6. Oh, man. And one thing that you remarked was how many nipples were in it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Free the nip. Seriously. Yeah. Obviously, like, I'm, um, you know, like, not not bare nipples, mm. You could, but you can just see them I through the clothes. Have bare. Free the bare nip. <laughs> yeah. Just just full, just na- na- nudist, yeah. nudist colony. Full tribal. Just full tribal nudist colony. <laughs> yeah. With you as the leader. Ah, in the sauna. Yeah, yeah, in the saunas. <laughs> yeah. Tamascal and saunas. <laughs> Was a tamascal and sauna. Tamascal is the uh, is the is the Native American um, ceremony where you um, basically like create like an igloo oh, nice. uh, made out, and they and they traditionally would do it with like sticks and then like skins, um, and and they would have a, a a hole cut in the middle, so you'd all go in a circle in the igloo around the wall of of the inside, yeah. and then in the middle there'd be like a a thing in the ground, like a like a hole in the ground. You'd have like like burning 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 hot rocks like right. so like red red hot r- rocks and so like a sauna you'd put the put the water on the rocks and it would go super super hot in there and they used to do it to get into altered states and into like as a ceremony to connect with the earth and stuff and where it's directly on the earth your only kind of respite with how hot it gets is by placing your head right on the soil of the earth because it's always cool no matter how hot the rocks get the, yeah. the the earth is still like cooler you know and it's a they use it as like a connecting ceremony and stuff and it's it, i've done a couple of them and it's it's crazy you just want to get out of there but you you do these rounds and everyone's chanting and singing and stuff that's cool man yeah well i guess it is it's like um it is almost like a little bit of like a willpower thing isn't it? and i think mm. anything that's to do with like extreme temperature that's why like a lot of people like obviously can't really do things like plunge pools because mm. it's like it's quite a lot of mental strength to get into like freezing cold water and it's also quite a lot of strength to like say stay in like a really hot sauna for a long period of time a lot of people only like to stay in that medium range mm. but i think it's i, I quite like struggle. i quite like the year you like you know i mean like, i like enjoy it like, yeah. I like physically enjoy like you the know resistance the, that comes e- up yeah like even though like um yeah but i'm like not even just that like i just actually just do generally just quite like enjoy mm. it not even in like you don't a, feel the uncomfortableness of like trying to stay in there yeah i don't know i think because i feel like in control because i think mm. if you go into a sauna you can leave at any time yeah and you're usually at like some place with like a swimming pool often like places with saunas either have like a swimming pool or at the very least like a shower mm. close by. So like you know you don't it's not like you feel like panicked. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's quite nice to like you feel in control. You know you like you can decide how long you stay in there and mm. whether you put more water on the coals or anything like that. So yeah, I always quite enjoy that, like you know. I've never got to the state of like panic with it, um but like the, heard some people talking about when it gets really hot in the Tamascals mm. and they stay in there for like an hour and stuff, mm. um, like getting past that stage of being like really like, oh my God, I can't do this. And then all of a sudden just moving over that into pure calmness and like bliss. And I'm like, that That's must be such a cool like transition from thinking like, oh, I need to get out and freaking out to just like accepting it. And then all of a sudden like passing a plateau where it's almost just pure pleasurable, just like you're yeah. just there and you can't even almost like feel the heat. Well, that must be pretty cool. Yeah, that definitely is cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've never like pushed it like that sort of. No, like that. me thing neither. Is, I mean, I back in the day, like the gym that I first started training at back in the day, you know, the old old Chilton gym, like around here. Um, that had a banging sauna. That had like a nice little sauna mm. in the chain in the men's changing rooms. So like pretty much like every time I would train, I would like so I would like work out, and then I'd go down. 
and then I'd have like a cold shower and then I'd get in the sauna and I'd stay in there. It was never anything like crazy. Like I never did like a method. Mm. I would just sort of probably sit in there for about like, I don't know, depending on obviously how busy I was or where, if I needed to be anywhere in between, anywhere between sort of like 10 minutes and a half an hour. Mm. And I'd get out, have another cold shower and then be on my way. But it was like a really nice thing to do. Nowadays, it's more like, you know, if you like go on holiday yeah. or, and you stay at like somewhere. It makes with me so sad how much I do not have saunas now. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I'm sort of toyed with the idea of at <sighs> some stage getting a sauna. get a sauna, man. Yeah, I mean, I would like to. I would like to. I might I might do it at some stage. You can get yeah. some really, like, decent ones that like, even, like, go outside and they're, like, built, like, these shed- yeah. sheds and stuff. Yeah, they look yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think some of them, like, I don't think they're even that expensive, mm. really. I've seen some, like, amazing ones for, like, a couple of grand. Yeah. And I'm like, that, but that's, like, really, really good ones. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I'd, like, I wouldn't have that much money to chuck it at, I don't think. But, yeah, mm. I mean, I'd be willing to, obviously, you know, you know, spend, I don't mm. know, 400 pounds on one or mm. something. If, if I could get, but I'd have to look into it more and see if, like, if it would be worth it. I wouldn't want it to be, like, you know, sometimes when you spend, like, that amount of money, if it was, like, not even good, mm. it's like, you know what I mean? It's actually, like, yeah, you might as well actually just splash out and get. I really always much. think it with you know your gym, like yeah. next next to the gym, like Emily's uh, like like bakery, kit bakery yeah. space. You know, if it's not being used for that, no, because she's not like, really using it. No, well. like imagine that as just a like lush. Well, well, I was, I was. That's yeah. That's what I was sort of thinking. Maybe like getting that, one in that'd there. That'd be so cool. That would be cool. Clad it? it out with some wood and just like yeah. get a hot thing in there. Turn it oh. into a sauna. Yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Mm. That would be nice. Saunas also saunas are like really good for you. Yeah, they're really yeah, good yeah. for your heart and like they can like. They can increase your cardio without you even doing any exercise. How good is that? Isn't it? That's like so. If you're like really, really adverse to exercise, we just basically just really don't want to exercise, but you want to get better cardio, just start going in the sauna. Mm. Was it Ron? Was it uh, Ron de pa- pa- Patrick? Patrick that would talk about saunas quite. Yeah, a bit. Ron de Patrick goes on a yeah. lot of depth about saunas and like the benefits of saunas and like on like an in-depth level, like how it benefits you. You know, which is which is quite cool. So yeah, if you want to look into any more like like saunas, um, the benefits of saunas, yeah, look up Dr. Rhonda Patrick mm. um, and all of her sort of like work on saunas. She, really intelligent lady, very nice lady as well. Well, I don't know her personally, obviously, but I mean, she seems, seems like it. a really nice lady. <laughs> yeah, it's another inter- interesting fact. Did you know that women's tears reduce men's testosterone levels? So just like our saliva. Um, Increases, increases theirs. females testosterone levels their, their tears, tears lowers reduce ours. yeah a study so by if you kiss and they cry <laughs> then that's then god out. knows what's going <laughs> yeah. on do you know what I mean just levels back out the situation you become the woman and they become the man <laughs> <laughs> in that situation dominatrix <laughs> yeah um, yeah it says that a study by Israeli scientists found that women's tears emit chemical signals that are a hormonal turn-off for men. Mm. It's essentially nature's way of saying, not now. <laughs> that sort of makes sense, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, from like a, you, if you're like raging with like your male hormones, and then they're crying, they're obviously not up for it. So it's almost interesting mm. how that's like a signal then that literally lowers our testosterone. Yeah, like a biological come, signal. Come back later. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I think, I don't know much about hormones, but the more that I hear about the way that hormones work and, you know, like control and signal your body so much, I find that so interesting. Like it is, it's just another level of just like how crazy intelligent your body is. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? Mm. Um, It says uh, male testosterone levels also respond to the scents produced by women during ovulation. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week, but like in the opposite sense, like men sniffing um, women's stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, this one says male testosterone levels also respond to the scents produced by women during ovulation. 
Mm. Researchers had men sniff a plastic bag with one of three <laughs> shirts in it. A shirt worn by a woman who was ovulating, one worn by a woman um, after she had ovulated, and one never worn by anyone. Testosterone levels dropped upon smelling the non-ovulation or on unworn shirts, mm. but either maintained or rose when sniffing the ovulation shirt. The, the ovulation my- shirt! <laughs> the shirt of ovulation! The smell the shirt of ovulation. Isn't that interesting, though? It is, and I don't know how it works as well. Like, when you say it drops, is is mm. it, like, quite a quick thing that happens there? I guess it must be. That must be I mean, I crazy, guess it must isn't be, it? Yeah. It must be, but like, it be like a, just an instant, like, you know, yeah. or a very short, like, Yeah, because I guess you don't really raising. think about it, but, like, I guess, really, like, changes in, like, your... State of being... I guess, like, just for, like, just to put it in layman's terms, like, I guess, like, how, I don't know, how, like, frisky you're feeling mm. or how red-blooded, you know, sometimes people say, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a red-blooded man or, you know, mm. she's a red-blooded young lady. Got blood rage. Yeah, <laughs> blood rage. <laughs> you know, like, I guess things like that can change quite quickly. Like, mm. one minute you can just be, like, watching a movie and chilling, and the next minute you're, like... <laughs> what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Just suddenly you're, like, the blood incredi- rage. incredible Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But rather than it is, it can all than, happen so fast. <laughs> yeah, but rather than just wanting to like beat up villains, you just want to smash pasties. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. I was like, "Shall I say it?" And I was like, "Yeah, go on." Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> you know, we're all friends here, aren't we? We're all friends here. It's we're past friends. nine o'clock. Yeah, it's past <laughs> nine o'clock. We're all friends here. Yeah. Um. So, what else have I got in the bank for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, 54% of women admit to having faked orgasms, but also 32% of men say they have as well. Oh. Um, so, I mean, I'm not overly surprised at that, to be honest. Mm. I always think it makes you paranoid, though, like, I hope no one else has done it with me. Mm. Tell me. Mm. Definitely. Because that just sort of feel, makes you feel a bit rubbish, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it's ever happened to me, but it probably has. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say, mate. Yeah. <laughs> all just actresses. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is quite a funny little um, quite a little funny fact. Did you know that a man called Stuart Malloy in, um, invented something called the Orgasmatron in the 2004? Orgasmatron. It was a small box that attaches to the spinal nerves responsible for sexual pleasure via two thin wires. Um, all it takes once they're connected is for you to push a button... And it gives the wearer an extremely powerful orgasm. Oh, wow. The only bad news is, is that an orgasmatron costs 12,000 uh, US dollars. How the, how would it just give someone an orgasm? Because literally, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's got a small box which attaches directly to the spinal nerves what? that are responsible for your sexual pleasure. That is insane. And it connects via two thin wires, which then is connected to a button... And then when you press the button, it like stimulates the 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 um the spinal nerves. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's mad as well. Like, like I guess, I mean, I guess it's like not crazy in a way. Well, actually, no, I do think it's crazy. You know, like how much like your spine and your nerves and everything are literally responsible for like everything. Yeah, because you don't really think about it day to day. I mean, obviously, like we know that, like, say if you like break your back, you could end up like paralyzed and stuff mm. like that, or like your neck. But it's like. It's still crazy how it's like, like even like something like an orgasm. That's like because you, you think oh, of it yeah. obviously as like a genitalia thing, mm. which it obviously it is Straight sort up your of spine, man. But it's also it's like yeah, it's like it's all you know. You can literally just 
just by going like a little stimulus on those yeah. like spine, you know, on that on those um on those nerves. Mm. And like like oh. like the speed of light uh, is very fast. Mm. It's it's how I see as well how different parts of your body are like connected. Like you know you touch a bit on your armpit and when you feel it in your toe, like you know like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like so I've noticed that when I was getting a tattoo on my chest, mm. um, certain points of the tattoo would like send me twinges in other parts of my and body, like your finger or something. Yeah, and like and like it's weird how. There must be, it must not be simultaneous, but it must, it feels simultaneous, but it's just because the feelings are traveling through your nervous system so quickly. And like, you know, the way that your body's connected, it is like these like like speed of light connections throughout. It's crazy. Like how fast that can happen. When you think of blood takes like time to travel around your body, but these like nervous system ones and your spine and everything like that, it's like they happen so fast. Mm. These like almost electrical impulses that like yeah. move through your body. Like um Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. yeah, it's mad, man. Mad. Yeah. The body is a fascinating thing. Mm. Did you know that the size of a flaccid penis <laughs> has no consistent relation? <laughs> To its erect length. Oh, I, I know that. Yeah? Is that because you're a I'm, grower and not I'm a show? I'm a grower and not a show, like yeah. 100%. Yeah, if you got it out here, you'd be like, man, what's that? But then if you came back... It, it actually well, confuses so. the, the heck out of me. Really? Yeah. Because well, like, how, like, how, how, how different. How, how, like, in, like, how the, with the laws of physics... How, how like, physically even... different? Because I think, oh, I've yeah. got a little chipolata, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I've got a little chipolata. But then, like, but then you suddenly know... it's like, hello, Roger. <laughs> what's up, Rog? What's up, Rog? Who's come to play? Where'd you come from? Yeah, Big yeah. Rog is coming yeah. in the house now. <laughs> yeah, he's called his big brother in to sort out. Yeah, to sort like... out the ladies. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Um, did you know also that you can break your penis? Even though we as humans do not have bones in our penises, some animals do have bones in their penises. But yeah. what? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like a penis museum in what country is it? Probably Prague. No, I think it's like some Scandinavian oh, country. Okay, yeah, it's either like Iceland or mm. like Norway mm. or Sweden or something. I, I reckon it's Iceland, but I can't remember it fully. Um, but yeah, there's like a penis museum that you can go to, and it's just got loads of uh, penises, mm. like some of them like penis bones, and then also just little like mummified penises in there from like different animals and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Just so you know, if you're really like a penis connoisseur and mm. you want to check out every penis ever, then that, that's for you. So that if you must be a damn yeah. ugly place. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah, just full of just full of sausages. <laughs> yeah, so you can break your penis. While no penis bone exists in humans, penile fractures can occur, oh. um, usually alongside an audible snap and plenty of pain. Has yours ever clicked? Like, 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 almost like felt like a snap um i wouldn't say i wouldn't go as far to say as like a click but i would say oh, um i've had like, a dislodged click once. you know like almost like the sound of like fibers yeah like yeah maybe like, not even that more like it more like a oh it's hard to do an impression <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no it's like hard to do an impression but it's like you know like i'm trying to think of like what like something else in like that in life that makes this noise to compare it to, but it's hard There's to think. Nothing. If you like, almost like stretch it a little bit, and you can just hear almost like fibers like crackling oh, almost. Oh you know what I mean? no, my, I've had a definite like what, an, like an like, audible like click. Did it hurt? Yeah. Wow, you just, you had a mini break. 
Well, actually, saying it hurt, it didn't really hurt that much, but it made me feel, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. what was that? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, no, it's it. okay. It's okay. Yeah, apparently, in some circumstances, if you get a really bad um, penis break, it can stop you from having uh, erections ever again. So you have to be really careful, and you need to do. You do need to seek Damn. medical attention. You know, you need to go to, like the hospital if you if you break your penis. Oh. And apparently, um, yeah. So it co- apparently it's really painful, and the most common cause of it is obviously during sexual intercourse, usually with um, lady on top. A la- yeah. That's where it happened and to if me, it, man. if it pops out and then the woman sits down on it hard oh. and then think that's like, depending on the size of the woman, I guess anywhere oh. between like eight and 500 eight, pounds, <laughs> eight stone and 500 pounds <laughs> and <laughs> anywhere between 120 and 500 pounds, yeah. depending on the lady, <laughs> that's like quite a lot of weight. You know, mm. even like the 120 pounder, even though that's a tiny human. Well, man. Just on purely Figurous on, movement can purely on just one sausage. That's mm. a lot of weight, isn't it? You know? I think 120 pounds or sat like 55 kilos, something like that. Mm, yeah. mm. That's a lot of weight on a sausage, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, damn, man. Damn. I mean, think if you just dropped a 55 kilo dumbbell on like just a Richmond sausage. <laughs> I mean, that would be nothing left, mate, would there? Uh, They'd just be like. See, well, with mine, it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't like, you know, in half. It's no, kind of, of like at the join. The jo- and, you know, uh. and, the, and the join kind of like, like, kind of, it like pops away from where. It's joined, if you know what I mean. Ah. Like that was where the break happened on me. Or not break, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. The kind of it, snapping thing. You need to thing. call a joiner. Mm. Call a joiner, mate. Yeah, call a carpenter. Do you know what I mean? Like, not, not on there wrong, and then it just bends it in half or something like that. That would be savage. <laughs> yeah, that would be brutal, man. That would be brutal. <laughs> um, I thought this is another interesting fact. Did you know that fatty foods can damage your sperm? Um, men who eat foods containing Uh-oh. lots of nasty fats... Um, you know, from like, you know, fast food burgers, fast food fries, etc., produce fewer sperm and less active sperm. So like literally like lazy sperm. Fatigue. Like sperm that literally like they go into the lady and they Listen. can't they can't be freaking swim around. They can't be bothered to go to the egg. Mm. You know, like in like a healthy man's sperm, they'll be like racing, it'll be like the Olympics. It'll be the sperm Olympics. It's like <laughs> do 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 do. Whereas like in those sperms, they're just like just sort of, just gonna chill in this. It's like when you pool. see a bunch of like fat dudes in a hot tub. Mm. That's what that's what those sperm are like. Stop eating those burgers, man. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what it's like in in people that eat loads and loads of nasty fats. On the other hand, um, people that have um, diets high in healthy fats, um, people that have, eat a lot of fish um, and eat a lot of whole grains, high in omega three and omega six fatty acids, have been shown to create fit. And plentiful sperm, so lots of sperm mm. and and sperm that are up for it, up up for getting those eggs, mate, up for penetrating those yolks, you know. Yeah. Also, did you know? Um, although it's rare, men can be allergic to their own semen. Ugh. Yeah, I'm glad that's not the case for me. Mm. Um, it's rare, but it's a, a condition called post-orgasmic illness syndrome and can cause men to experience fever. Fatigue and even burning eyes after ejaculation. Damn. The only treatment so far devised for this is exposing men to small amounts of their own semen and increasing the amounts over time until they no longer react to it. A little bit similar to like when people become impervious to like snake venom. That's crazy. Imagine just like, you know, you're with your lady friend, you know, or whatever, or whatever friend, you know, if you swing that way as well. Um, just even with like a, I don't know, a puppet or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever, man, you know. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. 
And then, yeah, you just, like, you know, reach climax. And then you just, like, your eyes just start burning and you just got, like, fever. I've definitely, like, quite felt, extreme, like, super tired and, like, like, a bit lethargic after. And That's like, oh. more to do with the release of, like, happy hormones yeah. and stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah. Serotonin and stuff like that, mm. which just makes you, like, feel like, um, just, like, you want to relax and mm. sort of happy and <laughs> sort of, like, euphoric and stuff mm. like that. I think that's probably one of the reasons, obviously, it's quite, like, a... Well, obviously, it is, like, one of the things, reasons why... The act of love making obviously is pleasurable because mm. it's almost like you know well you don't know on a, you don't think about it on a conscious level like or at least not very often but you know you, you it's almost like chasing that dragon mm. you know you want you, that state of bliss again yeah you know you're going to get that feeling of those happy hormones yeah interesting isn't it did you know that um about se- uh, a third of men over 75 are still sexually active that's quite a lot, grandpa. really, isn't it? That's quite a lot. Mm. You know, a third. Like, 75, that's pretty old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And one in ten men over the age of 90 are still sexually active. One in ten? Yeah, one in ten men over the age of 90. I'm going to be one of them ten. Do you reckon, one of those do you reckon your granddad's one. still sexually active? No. <laughs> Why do you think Grandma Mary's got a bad bad hit, mate? I only think because he's forgot. No, he's forgotten what a woman is. He's got very bad Alzheimer's now. (laughs) Mate, I think that's the last thing you'd forget. Mm, I think that's the one thing he's clinging on to, man. Yeah, probably. It's the the vulva. (laughs) (laughs) He's forgotten everything else. Uh, Ah, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were, I think if you were like that as old as your granddad and you were like suffering from Alzheimer's, I reckon you still remember. He definitely winked at the nurse when they ran the other day. Mate, my grand's exactly the same. Because mm. our grand's like similar ages, aren't they? Like, mm. you're both sort of like 90 pluses. Mm. God rest their souls. Long may it continue. Um, but yeah, because he was in, my grand was in hospital last year, wasn't he? And he was exactly the same. He's like a right charmer and that. Mm. Lady. You can mm. see him like all of a sudden like perk up when like yeah. a young nurse comes along. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Bless him. But yeah, one in 10. It's just like funny, isn't it? Because like, I think when you're around somebody that's like 90 plus, you think what? You can't really imagine no. them, like, you know, bumping uglies, can you? Mm. So to speak. Yeah, it's weird. Right, I'm gonna give a little um, some nice, nice sort of like advice now. Some nice advice for any of those like lonely men out there. You know, if you're a lonely man, I'm gonna tell you where you need to go in life, like physically. Thailand. Where you need to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. In fact, that's a dangerous place because <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> No, but you know, um, I'm going to tell you where the sing uh, the the highest single woman to single man ratio is, mm. and apparently that is uh, the state of Florence in South Carolina in America, mm. um, where there are just sixty eight point nine seven men for every hundred women, thus making men wow. in high demand. Wow! Because think, I mean, with those numbers, so let even if you round up the number of men to say seventy. And say there's 70 men to every 100 women. Then say that was like say those 70 of those men were in a relationship. But then you've got 30, 30 women, women that are just looking around. for looking for mm. looking for something. You know? Yeah, I wonder why look, that is. This is looking they're for something. Looking for something. For something. <laughs> they don't know what it is, but they're looking for something. It looks like a man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're looking for some hairy humanoid. Mm. You know? I wonder why that is in in where is it? South Carolina. Yeah, it, this, specifically the state of Florence in Florence, in, uh, South in South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, strange that, isn't it? Because I yeah. know that there's like you know you think of places like China and they've got way more women than yeah. than males um, mm. being born. Yeah, but 
but that's like a whole country like, yeah yeah not, yeah not just like a single state it seems quite strange I like i wonder why that is i guess uh, yeah i reckon causing I, that i think it probably is just like chance i mean it's like it's almost like it's got to be somewhere and the laws of probability state that like everything every possible like outcome must happen somewhere mm. and it's just almost like just randomly by chance a mm. lot of people in that state have just given to birth birth to girls probably rather than men because let's face it it's just a toy cost anyway isn't it you know mm. like you don't really know like you know it's always like a 50 50 where they're gonna have a boy or a girl mm. and i wonder if it keeps going though because that that, mm. that would imply a, a you know a trend from from, from uh-huh. where from you know for just a certain in generation or mm. something like that but like yeah i wonder in 10 years if it'd still be similar yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But I mean, I think, you know, if you are like a lonely guy and you've always like struggled, you know, maybe like, you know, not, not anything like because it's like your fault or anything like that, but maybe just like, you know, a lot of competition around. Maybe you're just not the sort of guy that's going to put yourself out there as much as some other chaps. Yeah, why don't you take a trip down to old Florence, South Carolina? I'm sure there'll be some... South some, Carolina, find the... Ba- sa- find the vagina in South <laughs> Carolina. Yeah, that's a nice little jingle, isn't it? Um, the vagina. <laughs> but um yeah and also great accents mm. you know that's southern beer hey i'm from south carolina south carolina the hey, southern draw would you like to go out for a beer and a burger someday mm-hmm. hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah Annabelle. come pluck my g-string <laughs> yeah i'll tell you where you shouldn't go though and that's uh jacksonville uh, North Carolina isn't it weird Whoa. actually that the, they've the, all moved the to highest, North Carolina it's just like the freaking um, the state up from that that's you think that's yeah, really they, weird? they've all gone there all the men have gone to North Carolina isn't that weird yeah so the lowest ratio of um, of men to women is Jacksonville North Carolina where gen- where men outnumber ladies a whopping 174.78 to 100 Ooh. Which means it must be re- men must be like fighting in the street over ladies in North Carolina. They Do you know want, what I mean? Yeah, man. That that they need to balance things out a bit there. They so need to like move them down. So move a few, move a few of those men down to South that's, Carolina. That's quite radical though. And although, like, obviously, like you know, I jest a little bit when I say men must be fighting in the streets. But like, no, in all seriousness, yeah. Think like the ladies must be there. Must be like such a hot commodity. Mm. You know, like. Mm. As I said, like imagine if there was like you know, say say if there was only like one woman available, and we both had that. Well, that would be a bit mm. that'd be a bit rubbish, wouldn't it? Cause yeah. It's like well, either way, one of us isn't going to be happy. I wonder if the women have multiple partners. Jezebels. Jezebels, <laughs> Jezebels as they are known in the night, <laughs> or maybe just um, polygamous. Mm, polygamous. But even so, that's like a bit of a raw end for the for the blokes because at least in like traditional. Um, polygamous relationships at least it's like a two-way street do you know mm. what i mean it's like you make a deal with that per- person like okay yeah we're, we're, we're in a relationship but we can both still like mm. have other partners or you know like sexual partners whatever but if you're doing it like that mm. well then it's crap because yeah. it's basically the woman the rules can, could still be there but no, there's what, no the other women, women in it. yeah the women can see other chaps but then you can't see other women that just seems like a bit you're getting mm. the you're getting the bum end of the deal aren't you, you know? yeah just because there's not enough you could, yeah. but there's just not enough. No pun intended when I said you're getting the bum end of the deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder what um I with a with a place like that. I wonder what the actual um the rate of I was gonna say the rate of gays, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like the rate the, of buggery. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what the rate of buggery is in uh 
Jackson, Carolina. The rate of sodomy. Northern Carolina. What is the rate of sodomy in North Carolina? <laughs> what is the rate of Sodom? Uh, <laughs> what was it that we said that like Willie's metal band was solo metal? Band? Sodom. Sodom, yeah. <laughs> Sodom, because of how sweaty you get. Um, do you know what the word, um, where the word vagina comes from? Uh, mini bum. <laughs> vagina is Latin for mini bum. Imagine if it turned out it was. That'd be so funny. That'd make my life. No, the word vagina derives from the Latin word for sheath or scabbard. Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spat a little bit then. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> That's pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah, I know where the sword, the the word sword comes from now. Yeah, yeah. Sword and sheath the stone. your sword. Sheath your sword, young man. <laughs> In my sheath. <laughs> in my scabbard. Yeah. That's so funny, though, isn't it? Mm. It makes right. sense, though. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense, you know? Mm. I mean, I guess all a, a sheath or a scabbard is, is like a place where you put... The sword. <laughs> <laughs> a phallic-shaped instrument. Yeah. You know, something that's long. Mm. And... Um, pointy. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not too pointy. You don't want to cause anyone any harm. You know what I mean? Um... But, um yeah, I mean, going from moving on several years from the act of um, genitalia to now children. Um, did you know that apparently playgrounds nowadays are too safe? Psychologists believe that um, encountering risks, like for example, in uh, parks that were built more in the forties, fifties, and sixties, it was regular to find monkey bars as high as ten foot off the ground, but these would contribute to a child's development and their ability to face fears. Um, regulation and overprotection on the playground nowadays, however, has led to higher levels of anxiety in young people. Um, so basically, go ahead and let your child play on the rope swings, go on the high monkey bars. I mean, really, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They might get a boo-boo. They might even get a small little break or something. But, I mean, at that age, mm. you're just going to heal stronger. Yeah, I never you know, really like... made that connection of how important it is to, mm. to actually take risks and stuff and be and be able to make autonomous decisions about your, the own risk to your own body and stuff like that. Yeah. That must be really important in a kid. And you think of, like, like uh, you know, forests and jungles mm. and stuff like that. Like, that must be full of obstacles for, for children yeah, back in the day in tribal, tribal times. I've, do you know what? It's really funny as well because I've, I've thought about it. I've thought it myself like um, like in sort of like the last sort of five years or so, um, obviously not mentioning any names, but like there's one person I'm quite close to and I've spent a lot of time around their family as well and I know them well enough now to know that like their parents and grandparents were very almost like overprotective mm. and like very much oh don't don't do that that's dangerous and stuff like that and as a result the person I'm thinking of and all of their siblings I can anxiety. tell suffer from anxiety mm. and are you know a bit like without being rude you know the phrase a bit like afraid of their own shadow mm. it's like everything in life causes them a little bit of panic and stuff and it's almost like if you're not like that it almost like you know can come across almost, almost like a bit comical sometimes it's mm. like what are you? What are you like worrying about? You know what I mean. Without trying to sound sensitive, mm. but then I think like I'm quite happy. I'm quite um, glad that like my folks and I think your family are very much the same. Although we grew up in you know families that provided very well for us, like our families weren't very like moddy coddling. Moddy coddling. No, we'd be Not off adventuring, doing all yeah. sorts. Like you know, I broke bones when I was a kid and mm. stuff, doing stupid stuff, and 
Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not like, do you know what I mean? I never, I never, it was never like, Callum, don't do that, that's dangerous. Do you know what mm. I mean? It was more like, you know, oh, what's Callum been doing again? Do you mm. know what I mean? And stuff. But as mm. a result, I think now as an adult, I mean, it's, it's not like I look at everything in life as like some scary obstacle. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like, there are a few things I think we talked about on the pod that like freak me out, which I guess are like, you know, like almost like irrational fears. Although mm. actually, arguably, they're not really irrational fears. Like almost like great white sharks and things like that. You know, mm. you just have that fear of like, you know, like, of like certain things like that, like people might just have like a thing or two that just freak them out for some reason, mm. like the idea of it. And like, but yeah, like not really much bothers me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm not like, oh, I wouldn't do that. It's a bit dangerous. Mm. You know? Cool. Yeah. It's hilarious. Even thinking back, I used to be obsessed with like, like, like bicycles like mm. as a kid and like, and building ramps. And I remember like the Coldy Strack and Coldy Sack in our, our street in Suffolk. And we'd always put like ramp, get bricks and then put bits of wood on the bricks and like mm. build ramps and jump and that. There's lots of falling off or like, mm. you know, kind of dirt yeah. tracks and stuff like that. Man, I it, re- it, I've had some, I had some savage kind of things, yeah, but, yeah. but but those like going for those things are like, oh, I don't know. It's like an, a sense of adventure that could not. Yeah. And also I think, I think you have ignored. to, per- I think you have to like push your body to its physical limits sometimes to even know what those limits are. Mm. And then once you do know what those limits are, um, you know what you are capable and not capable of, and as a result, that sort of that fear is gone because mm. there's no fear of the unknown because it's there is no unknown. Yeah. You you know like okay, well that would probably break my bones, mm. but this won't. At the same time, you're not made of glass. Mm. I mean, we're pretty tough. We're like made of this like sinewy muscle that and then this, heal itself and like bone in the middle of it. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? We're not like made of china. You're not gonna like fall off a wall and just smash. Mm. But that's almost like how some people act a bit like that sometimes. You mm. know what I mean? It's like I remember. When I was a little kid, being down at Wem, like uh, there's this village near us called Wemden, being down Wemden Parish, and I remember like all oh, the kids were like daring each other to like jump off the roof, like you know, because you could sort of like go around the back, and there was like a wall that you could just about climb onto, and then from the wall you could climb onto the roof of the parish. Mm. And I remember like, all the kids were like you know daring each other to like just jump off the roof of the parish mm. onto like fr- freaking like solid concrete, and like no one would, and I thought oh, I'm gonna can do it <laughs> just to show everyone do you know what I mean it's almost that tribal thing isn't it you mm. almost like you want to be like the one that does the thing that no one else does so mm. I did it and obviously <clears throat> really that's a freaking stupid thing to do I like, mm. jumped off like the roof of a building onto solid concrete like and I remember even with like little spongy knees that you have when you're like seven or however old I was then like it still caned my legs because mm. I just mm. jumped onto my feet I don't think I fell over but it's like, obviously all of that shock there's no sponge, obviously, cool, on concrete. Yeah. It must have just gone right up, shot from my feet right up into my knees and my Ooh, hips and everything. Crazy. One of those things that really, like, it wouldn't have been surprising, obviously, if I broke my leg. And mm. it's just really lucky, obviously, that I didn't get any injuries. And obviously, I think any adult would have a breakage. But I think it's the only the only thing that saved me was that, yeah, when you are that young, mm. your bones are almost, like, rubbery. Yeah. Aren't they? And yeah. I think, obviously, you're so almost, like, in a way, you're almost, like, the fittest you're ever going to be when you're a kid. Because... Mm. You almost have like rapid recover, like healing mm. as well, don't you? Mm. Like you could you could randomly twist your arm in like a funny way today or something and have like a bit of a dodgy shoulder for the rest of your life. Yeah. Whereas when you're a kid, not, nothing of that happens. Mm. No, when you're a kid, like every week you're getting it's all freaking, growing into itself still. Yeah, if you're not jumping off buildings, you're getting like power bombed on your head by one of your friends or mm. something, or like you know what I mean, some some weird thing. But then it's like day day or two later, you're just fine. Mm. It literally is. It's like you're Wolverine or something. It's so mad. How did you ever feel with um like heights and stuff? I know you obviously jumped off that, so probably quite good. But like I, I remember like being at um like a mu- like theme parks and that, and like quite struggling with like those death slides and stuff. Like I really wanted yeah. to do them, 
but I would like set up the top there and I couldn't bring yeah. myself and the, and also a couple of really high dives as well I remember being at swimming pools and going to like the highest one where it doesn't even bounce it's yeah, just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, like you know yeah, yeah. you know it's just like a solid thing and it's like a Looking massive down. like Olympics like like yeah. dive or whatever and just like being up there and like not bringing myself to actually do it and jump off yeah and like it's always a bit gutting actually thinking back on that because yeah I remember a few times being really high places and like wanting to do something but that fear just yeah. like stopping me from actually like yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny because, like, obviously, even though I did jump off that building, that parish building, I have to say, when I was younger, yeah, I did struggle with mm. heights a little bit. But one thing I think helped me get over it was that once I got to sort of like when I once I became like a teenager, um, where my because my grandparents live in Wembden as well, and in Wembden there's lots of um, like pine trees everywhere. So um, yeah, I should love it's, pine trees. It's really nice. But um, one common problem in, in Wemden is that people's gutters, gutter in fills up with pine needles. Mm. And obviously that's like a problem my grandparents had. So once I became a teenager, one sort of like little like chore they would give me, or like job, I didn't see it as a chore, job, but let's call it job, um, was, yeah, I would have to go up the ladder onto the roof and clear the gutter in, mm. you know. Um, so uh, obviously, and their house is like a fairly decent size, like Wemden house. Mm. You know, so you're probably like, I mean, it's hard for me to say how many feet you're off the ground, maybe like 30 feet, mm. 35 feet, something like that. But it's high enough that if you fell, it, you'd freaking hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I think I, I remember at first, the first like probably five times I did it, I remember like shaking a little bit. Like, really? On, you know, on the top of the ladder and you're almost like shaking. And I could remember almost being like, and, and almost like putting my body like flat against the ladder almost like I was like really almost like thinking like conscious of the fact that like you could potentially fall mm. but like even like to this day like I still do it a few times a year now mm. and even mm. like as in my 30s whereas now it's like doesn't bother me at all I think if you do anything enough you just get used to it now it's yeah. like I grab the ladder put it against the freaking uh, put it against the gutter in I literally march up there do you know what I mean? Real casual, right? Freaking get all this stuff out, get all the get all the needles out, get down, move the ladder, go up again, do it mm. again. You know what I mean? And just work my way around the house, just doing that. Yeah. And it's like just doesn't bother me because I think I've done it enough times. Mm. I think as well, it's like just goes. Also, I think you know, things like that, like fear, is like so psychological. Like every now and again, it might pop into my head. Like um, say if it's like a bit of a windy day, mm. or if I make myself like three quarters of the way up the ladder, and maybe I think I could have maybe placed it like a little bit better before I started going up. You think like, oh, what if the ladder just fell to its right? Like, what would happen? Mm. And I guess you think in your head like, well, there's a very, very small chance that might happen. Um, but then, even if it did, I might be alright. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's like, what's the point of like paralyzing yourself like with all of this like worry or fear yeah, about because that it, panic you know? state that could happen could make something bad happen as well. Yeah, or it's not going to help. Or in even any if situation. you did fall, which is like unlikely, as I said, you might not even be that hurt. Mm. You might have like a superficial injury. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But like it wouldn't, but do you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like yeah, whatever. Depending on air you landed. Yeah, and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's like whatever, isn't it really? Yeah. One of the most exhilarating things I've ever done, ever done was in recently life. in Costa Rica mm. where I jumped off that massive cliff into a, into, into a, did I tell you about that? There was like a, did, there was actually. like a waterfall that was one of these waterfalls that was like quite, it was fast flowing, mm. but it was from a thin point in mm. on the rocks so like you could slide down it and it was like so smooth obviously because of the amount of water that's going over the rocks mm. that people were like sliding off but if you can imagine like cliffs and then like going into the waterfall but if you climbed up the cliff to get to the waterfall bit 
you could go over it and you could climb higher up the cliff to the side and then jump off a part of the cliff into mm. the thing below. So you're like going over the waterfall and just kind of like into the pool below. But you have to like it's someone's put like an iron bar into the um into like the in into the cliff so that you can hold on to it and, and kind of shimmy your way up there. Mm. And then when you're on the platform, it's literally like a tiny little bit of rock jutting out that you stand from before you jump off. So once you're up there, there's no really way of getting down yeah. without like the possibility of falling apart from jumping. Yeah. So like I knew that when I went up there, like I was gonna have to jump. And um and yeah, it was weird. So because it looked so it looked way it was higher than a house, you know, and it looked further down than, you know, just anything like you would you if you were just like in a random place you think I would never jump off that. Yeah, like, sure. Know, it was just sure, so yeah. high. Yeah. But um yeah, I just did it and, and it felt amazing. It was yeah. like weird, like falling, but well, then I think just like hitting the hitting the water was like, oh. It's funny, and I think with things like that, it's like you can see why somebody would never ever do something like that, but you can also see, I think, the initial like first few times of doing something like that are like terrifying. But then I think people become like addicted, as you said, to that feeling of amazement. And yeah, then somehow, the exhilaration. And then somehow that overrides the fear that was originally there. Yeah, and it was the kind of thing where you just where, where you have to do it. You just have to do it. Like yeah. I felt that like because I could have stood up there, like I remember being at the top of the diving boards and just frozen, and then just going off because yeah. there's some stairs to do it down. But that one, it was like there was no stairs to go down. It was like I've got to feel this, and rather than like just get get completely um frozen by it actually just jump and then when you make that decision to do it it's just like the feeling of exhilaration is just intense you know yeah yeah pleasurable almost yeah well no definitely pleasurable man i'd say mm -hmm. definitely pleasurable but yeah going back to like the similar theme of basically like um what we were originally saying about like you know why it's good psychologically to grow up doing things that are like you know fairly dangerous you know within means really you know you're not going to throw your kid obviously to like a freaking tiger but let them do like fairly dangerous things so that they you know don't grow up with anxiety and get like an accurate idea of their limitations and stuff um similar thing with um like health and stuff like that so there's also exposure to germs at a young age mm -hmm. can boost a kid's immune system over the long term research has found that kids are less likely to develop allergies asthma and immune disorders as they grow up if they are allowed to get dirty. Mm. Some researchers suggest that this explains why girls, more likely to stay squeaky clean and away from germs, have a higher rate of asthma than boys um, and three times the level of autoimmune disorders. Mm. And it's not obviously... 100% agree And with it's that. not even just because girls um, are, are less, like, like less inclined to get dirty than boys, but it's also almost like culturally seen as almost yeah. like a bit more... I don't know why. It's almost mm -hmm. like, you know, for boys just to be like really dirty, whereas like, I think, you know, sometimes you want... People want their almost their daughters, you know, if Give you're wearing a nice nice dress or something like mm. that, oh, we don't want to get your dress dirty. That's your nice dress, you know. Whereas mm. if a boy's just like playing with worms and a little mud patch somewhere, it's, it seems like a mm. bit more almost like normal for mm. some reason. Mm. Weird, isn't it? Nature and nurture, baby. Um, this, I thought this was an interesting fact. And I also thought it was interesting because it's, it's relevant to m myself. Um after um, a lot of research, it's come to the conclusion, people have come to the conclusion that 30-something-year-old fathers are the happiest. According to research that looked at satisfaction levels in fathers um, going back more than 20 years, men in their 30s get more gratification and have more fun being a father than either men in their 20s or men in their 40s. 
Mm. So 30s seems to be like almost like the perfect uh, mm. age mm. range to be like a father of a young child. It's funny, and I, I can almost like I can almost like see why that makes sense in a way. I think 20s, it's almost like maybe you feel like you're a bit too young. Um, you haven't quite sorted yourself out yet, so it's hard to then sort out some like a child as well. And I think 40s maybe it's almost like it's almost like a bit stressful for like the opposite reason. It's like you know, like you're settled into your life by that point. You know, you're not really a spring chicken, and it's quite tiring being a dad. And you probably don't have quite as much like oomph in that as you had when you're in your thirties. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And mm. you think, oh well, by the time they're like, I've I've brought them up, which is going to be quite this tiring and expensive endeavor, and a lot of you know emotional. You have to put a lot into it emotionally. You have to put in a lot into it financially. You've got to put a lot into it in every single way measurable, basically. By the time they're then old enough to then, you know, move out or something, you're going to be like 60 mm. or, you know, maybe even older. That seems like almost like quite daunting. Mm. Whereas the good thing about, say, like being like 30, if you have your kid when you're like 30, you think, okay, well, like, you know, if, my, if I'm like 50 and my kid's 20, they could be really like, you know, start giving back to me a lot by that point. Mm. You know, even if they don't have that much money financially, they can be a massive, you know, if they can drive, you know, they can give somebody, you know, pick you up. From something, mm. if you need them to, they can do jobs for you around the house. So, you know, like, oh, I haven't got time to mow the lawn today. Can you mow the lawn? Even things like that. Mm. You know, they can give back a lot. You know, mm. by the time you're 20, you're not even a teenager anymore. Do you mm. know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you can like go on holiday and you have like a house sitter or something and like, someone to feed the pets. Even just like silly things like that. There's lots of versatility with that, you know? Mm. So I do, I can, I can see how that can make sense. Good age. It's a good age. It's a good age to have a child. Your 30s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people are pushing it back a lot later. And I think at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for yourself. But I do think, like, yeah, I do think that in the long run, I think people probably would regret it, as I said, in the long run, if mm. you put it back too much. Yeah, I do think 100%. it will get to a certain stage. And as I said, if you, like, yeah, I could just imagine, if you don't have your first kid until you're, like, 40, man, that's what, to me, that seems, like, a bit daunting, you know? Mm. Mm. Like, it's, like... But I guess, you know, it's a personal decision, it's... It's a personal decision at the end of the day, isn't it, mate? It certainly is, yeah. For me, it's definitely about being at the right state, rather than right stage in, of your age. That's like a thing. It's like the right stage in your life as mm. well, like where you're settled and you're, you, you've you got, you, like you say, you've got, got stuff together, you know, and you're more likely to have done that by the time you're in your 30s or early mm. 30s, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but I will be soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch this space, baby. Right, we're going to listen to a track in a minute, folks. We'll be back in a minute. This is The Ladder by Motorcycle. Total recall, baby. Welcome back to Pandora's Box, everyone. Did you know that, unfortunately, it seems that, um, on average, people have fewer close friends today than they did 25 years ago? A study found that people in the West's average number of confidence slipped from three in 1985 to just two today. Mm. And a sad 4% of people reported having no close friends at all. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? I was kind of... It's it's really nice to have close friends. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really, really nice. I feel, feel lucky to have close friends. Yeah, myself... Yeah, me too. I've got... Lucky to say I've got some, some very good... Like a couple of, you know, really good friends. Yeah, it's nice because I was... And, moving into our new place um down in devon it just showed me as well like mm. how 
you know you don't you don't really know anyone and and, and and like thinking like how how you really get to know people like on a close level what do you mean moving it? down to devon made you think that uh well just because we don't really know anyone down there oh, as in, as in right. like i've got a few like kind of friends that i know kind of like a little bit around that area but not not like close friends you know mm. like where you know and um and i was saying to meg about um she's obviously got her close friends like some of them in bristol and um and some of them like from where she's from in ludlow and stuff like that but um, y- you know, it's just it's just like it's not something that you can just just do like make or do. It. It's mm. it's like quite hard in today's society unless you're going to like lots of things and just mingling with lots of people. Yeah. And you know, we have little chats sometimes when we take the dog for a walk and stuff like that. Like you know, or just but, like with random people. Yeah, just think, but but like not like you mm. know. And and I was because I was kind of saying to Meg like it'd be nice if you had like a few people down here that you could like hang around with or that you knew or like mm. say if like you know like I'm doing something and then she I could just imagine her going off to like do something in Top Nest like a nice you know but it's like when you don't she know, people, know anybody there yeah it's like and it just and and it kind of um made, for you saying that made me like do you know what I mean think about that mm. as well because it's like yeah how you can't just you can't just Magic have friends like you know yeah, I guess especially like, close I mean people. she does have some close friends though doesn't she but just, oh, 100%. Ones, but just ones that don't just live in Devon just yeah live in Devon. yeah but that's what I mean like it's where say when you do move somewhere or like you know location I think the basically. older you get as well like obviously when you're like in school and in college and stuff or like you know in your in your early 20s it's like it's more like socialising is a bit more of like a casual thing like you go out you socialize and it's more likely to be like a big group of you. Whereas I feel like, well, at least for me anyway, and I feel like I can see the same thing for the most part in, in like my, my close friendship group. When you're in your thirties, it's more like you make life situation. It's it's more like an event. Yeah. I mean, like exactly like like every now and again, you'll make a point of like, Oh, okay. Like going out for like some food with your mates or like Mm. some beers with your mates. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're going to that gig. Oh yeah. Actually, when you're in school, you're just there with everyone every day. Hundreds of people, hundreds of like potential friends. And like, (laughs) you could just like turn up at like a local gig almost without even like checking to see what your mates were there. And you'd have mates there and Mm. you would just then just like hang around with them all night. And then you just have a great night. Whereas like you say, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't randomly ever do, just that do that now. now. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But how you know much I mean? of a like, normal thing it was then? Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's what I mean. Like, I think moving to a new place, it makes you realise that even more because it's like you feel like, mm. how would you even like bridge that gap of finding like new mates or whatever? Like, you know, it's just it's not even something you really think about. It's so ingrained in your lifestyle of yeah. what you have. I think I think obviously the best by far that the best and most natural way to make mates is like organically through like, you know, you just meet people like at, at places that you already spend time at so obviously that's why like yeah so obviously like why i think a lot of people's like close friends even when they're older are like mates that you had in school mm. because you just were in the same lessons and classes and stuff um and you're just knocking about together you're sharing sort of experiences you're growing up together and then you just become mates. Mm. Whereas it almost seems a bit forced. Like, I'm going to go out and look for a friend. Yeah. Well, like, you do that, I you? can't think of any of my mates that I, like, tried to become friends with them. No. I just became friends with them. Yeah. Do you know what and, I mean? And like, that's why it's, like, like, go into, like, events and things that you're really into. Like, yeah. that's what I found. Like, that's how I met Meg. Like, being in Bristol and, like, mm. doing stuff that I really enjoyed. And then it's, like you're naturally going to align with other people that like really enjoy that stuff as well. So it's just but like... if you enjoy going to the gym... 
Yeah, you, you get, uh, get you'll some go gym to the gym <laughs> and you'll make some mates at the gym. If you really yeah. enjoy going to gigs, yeah, and so you know I mean, you'll meet people at gigs that are into. I think one thing that's great like that is like is like music. I think if you are like passionate about music and you meet someone and they like a lot of the same like bands as you, mm. and that, I feel like that does that is there. Like you a, go. A that's thing. the thing. Like you know, like because we talk about how amazing it'd be to have like some woodwind players or some other musician yeah. friends. You know, like I I do. I crave that. I crave like this meeting of like new people but that are really into like what you're into but like that that you know but but where our our lives aren't really evolving around being in social situations or groups where lots of that stuff's going on like i imagine how cool it would be if there was like a local jam night where there was just loads of folk musicians Mm. that went down and all played like you can guarantee we'd make friends yeah exactly like but I'm a bit like, oh, that must that that'd be like so cool to like go to some places like that, and then it's like hard have, to have some your... fellow musos there. Yeah, I think with us, it's like, it's like hard to have your cake and eat it a little bit because we're both like proper bumpkins, aren't mm. we? Like we love living like really rural, sort of like both of us sort of like live out in the sticks, and very much like even though we're both quite social at times, we also are both quite hermity. Yeah, like I'm, we're both. I'm so happy in my own company. Like, yeah, I know me you too. Are as like, well. yeah, like I could, I. I I don't feel like a big need to be around like other people and I'm quite I'm really happy like at the night time like on my own like you know like doing stuff and pursuing my own interests and stuff I don't I don't really get like lonely mm. do you no, know what I mean me like I don't ever really get lonely or anything mm. like that like I can miss people that I'm extremely close to, but even then I wouldn't necessarily... It's not like a feeling of like loneliness or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, like, it's more just like, I think, oh, mm. obviously I really like that person mm. and I've got this connection with them and it'd be nice to like talk to them. Mm. You know what I mean? But mm. it's not like in... Yeah, I don't know. It's um. So I think with, with me and you, it's, it's like hard to have your cake and eat it because obviously you can't... Like I know a couple of people cherish that time as well. When yeah, you, you do cherish that to, like, time. Yeah, but then I know like a couple of people say that like live in like London, mm. and I see on like their freaking Instagram stories and that as well. And they're like, you know, the their network of like musician friends is just fast. Mm. And I know like people that I've you know as I said that musicians that live in London that I've got on my Instagram and stuff. And I'll see and they're like having like twelve person jams yeah, and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure whoa. they don't even really know that well, like some of them. It's more like you like meet up in these places and there's like you they're they're in they're integrated into that like London scene. Mm. And like say like the folk scene in London, even though say like folk music is quite like a niche scene. Like it's not like folk music is like <laughs> this massive scene for it in the UK. Mm. But just because London is so massive, it's like what it's like there's the, gonna be that it's one of the biggest mm. cities in the world, isn't it? It's mm. like in somewhere in the top ten. But um yeah. Even if like a niche scene like folk, they're still just probably like the network's just massive. Mm. So it's like you know, you want a violin player, you want a freaking flute player, you want a penny whistle player, mm. you want like you know what I mean it's a mandolin or lute like specialist. There's going to be someone somewhere, yeah, and they'll probably be looking to meet up to like jam with people that are like they like doing stuff. So mm. that's just yeah, that's cool. Whereas like you know, with us, it's like well, as I said, these are like niche scenes. If you live in the middle of the sticks. The chances, like, there's hardly anyone around anyway. Yeah. So, like, the chances that someone you yeah. meet is going to be, like, into that Mate, same it stuff brought, as you. it brought that up for me a lot when we were watching, um, what was Daisy it? Daisy Jones and Daisy the Six. Daisy Jones and the Six, yeah. And, like, I think I said to you yesterday, like, about how many people that have made it in um, bands or in the industry of music um, go to where the where it is, like, wherever, like, it's like yeah. what you're saying, like, like at London. at the time, it was, like, or, California in or the Or California show, or... Yeah. Um, you know where, where it's happening, or where there's other people that are within that um, that niche of just like whatever they're doing as well. And it and it does. It really seems true that a lot to to um, 
to like put yourself out there and be connected with all of those people where you're going to get connections that escalate into more connections. You almost need to be like in and involved with it. And I've talked to Josh about it as well, like but being in Bristol and that, you know, and like how much is going on there when he was saying he went into that um, T-shirt printing shop to get uh, one of his art things printed and how everyone was just in there like doing art and like, like as like an almost crazy. like a community like yeah. vibe place um and you could see it was just like emanating and then you've from just the got us bumpkins from yeah. like the dark corners of somerset yeah right? and it's like oh whoa this whole community exists but, but we're then, just doing it sort of on our own mm, right? yeah but then also going up to bristol going to car park start walking down the stairs of a car park and there's just and a massive just a hurt human, human poo. poo just in the corner and i was like with I'm the glad good, i don't yeah. live in the city <laughs> with the good comes the bad yeah yeah i wouldn't want to live in a city no but way. as i said it's like you know you can't get your you can't have your cake and eat it you just mm. can't you can't have it both ways i guess that's the thing so it's like you have to make your choice and ultimately i would you know because you know you've got to think of lots of other, there's lots of other things going on in life other than just like your want to jam with lots of other folk musicians mm. and stuff do you know what i mean for example and 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 ultimately i i do know it say it's at least for me it's best for me on the whole to live in like the sort of place i do yeah but i still you know but you know it still would be nice. I mean, let's, if anybody uh, out there is listening to this and maybe you live in Somerset and you are a freaking dope flute player or penny whistle player or something, get in contact with me and Drew. Any and kind of wind jam. instruments. Yeah, any kind of, you yeah, know, if you're windy, baby. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, me and Drew, like, re- you know, have recorded, like, quite a few folk songs now and we've done, like, um you know, like a gig, like a Mystic Bar the Solitude gig and we're doing another one in, like, a few weeks and stuff like I would we would both freaking love it if we mm. could just add that layer you know like because a lot of the beautiful folk music I listen to that's like my favorite whether it's like In Gown Ring or some other artists you know even some of the more old school ones like Pentangle and that you know incorporate woodwind instruments and it's just freaking lush there's nothing to me one of the nicest things is like a beautiful sort of like ethereal fantastical folk song um and then you know because we've got like obviously the guitar stuff down at the strings between me and drew but then that extra layer of like a beautiful yeah like a penny whistle or a flute or something like that it's just like the Mm. icing on the cake and it's crazy as well like um the flute is the like oldest instrument that is known to man apart from apart from voice yeah i remember when i was in peru and there was um there was some of these like pre pre pre-incan like um like remains of bones that mm. had that, that were hollowed out bones with wow. holes in that's what and, makes sense and they it? and they, they were the the first um musical instruments that they knew over there apart from like you, drums you, you can see well. why that would make sense though wouldn't you because mm. obviously like traditionally um we were hunter gatherers yeah and think like and they you know would have used everything on the animal so like say you know you say you've like whatever animal you've killed whether it's like a mammoth or whatever like a stag and then, yeah, you know, you've stripped all the meat, you know, your tribe's eating. You're Got using, all the cartilage out Yeah, there. you're using the antlers as, like, some decorative freaking tribal thing. You know, yeah, you suck the marrow out of the oh, bones. that's it, yeah, Because that's, yeah. that's really, obviously, nutritional. You know, boil with the bones or whatever. You've still got this bone left over, and I guess it's like, what do you do with it? Well, humans being humans, we sort of just play with stuff and mm. start fiddling with things. Mm. That's why pretty much that's how every invention yeah, almost started, doesn't it? Yeah, you how it happened. And then it's almost like, oh, okay, blow into it. And then maybe one day there was like a crack in the bone or something that was like a whole sort of a hole shaped crack. And then they realized that if you did that, it changed the frequency a little bit. Mm. Okay, what happens if I put a few more holes mm. in? Mm. Oh, if I put a hole underneath it as well and then touch that, then that like adds mm. this whole other resonance or whatever. Yeah, man. And you can Crazy. so see how that would have evolved. And mm. then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get different length ones now. Mm. And that's going to change this, to, you know? 
like change, change yeah because i know and... they thought that that would be the first one but then when i, I was like yeah it really made sense and yeah it's just like there's this sound where uh where it's wind where it's something blowing through and just like and yeah it's it's it's, it's a different like natural beautiful texture than most other sounds you get with instruments i think you know yeah i think it's very like it's very like gentle mm. um and something about it uh i'm trying to struggle to think of a word yeah. for it it just makes you feel very like blissful mm. do you know what i mean it's like oh yeah especially with a little bit of re- reverb and delay oh yeah <laughs> obviously add that reverb into it like pan pipes and stuff like that you know oh yeah go and play some pan pipes oh. in york minster cathedral mate we're there I remember I went to this um, in Peru as well. I went to this um, this this dude's house that was like I met I met someone over there and she was like, "You've got to meet my um, meet my nephew. He's like mm. he's really good at music stuff because she knew I was into music." So I went over and met him, and he just had this whole massive workshop that was all just like different like bamboo flutes. Nice. So it was like pan pipes made, but it was all made out of like bamboo reeds that were like treated for like four years and all dried out and everything. And you got that you had the flutes that were like pan pipes and then you had the flutes that you had to literally they did you couldn't just put your mouth on the end of them and like blow and they made a sound like you get with like this the, the kind yeah. of Native American flutes and stuff. You had to like have your embouchure and like blow it across like a certain way for it to like make a sound and everything. Mm. But it was just so beautiful and he was like playing them all in the shop for me. I was like, Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, that is so, so cool, nice. Man. Yeah, just yeah, I just wish I, knew. I mean, there's somebody I know that even like, you know, used to like teach woodwind instruments and that but i know that um and oh, i did something happen yeah but her jaws like messed yeah, up so yeah. i i mean if it wasn't for the fact that like i like her jaws almost like you know like really messed up now she's almost got like a condition and apparently it is Happens, from like chronic right? freaking like woodwind playing ever since she was like a little child mm. and her jaws all messed up now and i think she's i don't i, I know that she's been in hospital for it i can't remember exactly crazy, what she's had done it? for it but it's like causes a pain strain injury yeah it causes a pain i think she's like a music teacher in a local school school here but um yeah because i remember when i first heard that she was like some amazing woodwind player i thought oh well i might ask her but then i found out um because mm. she's like a friend of my missus i i found out that she had all these and i thought oh she you know, she yeah, would be able to mm. yeah so we need to find someone a bit more mm. a bit more uh you know bit more able yeah man might have to take a trip down to london go see fiona Fay. yeah go see fiona <laughs> Fay and um yeah because she can play yeah man. fiona Fay can play Fay can play Fay can play she can play like several several like mm. instruments um, i brought a penny whistle but i'm i'm no good I, I can't even make it sound good yeah i've got a penny whistle and a recorder and an ocarina funnily enough the one that i find easiest to play is the ocarina mm. My recorder is just one that I've had like ever since freaking primary school. Mm. So that's just a leftover from that. I don't really play it. The penny whistle. Yeah, I'm just I I'm just not naturally like I've taught myself how to play some stuff on the ocarina and that's quite fun. Um and it'd be great, like, do you know what I mean, with, like, an ocarina, if I did know someone with woodwind, it'd be great to be like, oh, I've got an ocarina, like, do you want to have it and, like, sort of play along, you know, like, mm. learn yeah, how to I've play it a bit more. as well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, do you know what I mean, if we did know someone, that was already good, because I can imagine a bit, like, how, like, you know, if you know how to play guitar, you know, obviously you could play bass and mm. other types of guitar, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? I can imagine, obviously, if you have, a, like, good at, say, the recorder, you could really easily become good at the penny whistle or the mm. ocarina or anything, do you know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, man. What I know, someone, like, I just love the idea of doing like a gig, yeah, and then mm. just like having some freaking dope woodwind player. Yeah, man, there, that was so well. cool. Just like layering that bad boy up. Yeah, you know, 
Because that there's a there's a um, there's a band called Fluke as well, and I absolutely love them. Not to be and confused with flute. Not fluke, but there is a lot of flute in it. Yeah. Um. Or I don't know what it would be classed as. It probably wouldn't be classed as flute. It's like whatever the Irish like they like the penny whistle and stuff. But um, man, it's just so when you like shredding and you like metal and that as well, and just like folk and powerful like riffs and chords and stuff. Like yeah, it's like shredding on the flute and just like with with such like, a beautiful, yeah. cool sound. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because like, even when we met Dan the Bard, he even said it himself. And obviously, he w- what is like an ex-metler who's now obviously made a name for himself as like a folk artist. But mm. even though folk is super relaxing, at least, at least a lot of the time. Also. Yeah, mm. like for, there is something like like about folk music and metal which is quite similar. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? I was like, you know, obviously it's quite fantastical, which is yeah. like a lot of metal is also quite fantastical. And yeah, there's just something about the way the music's played, you know? Mm. But it's just, I guess it's like, um, it's, uh, like some songs are like, or some folk songs are very like, ja- you know, like jaunty and a bit, you know, and almost like you can imagine it. If you just played it on like the metal band setup mm. of like electric guitars with bass and drums and that, it would be translate very easy really, to translate yeah. to just like becoming like a metal track. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool, man. I remember when we went to go see Damn the Bard live, and me and you and Nikki C just got like, pretty, like you know, fairly drunk. And we're just freaking like headbanging. It's like the cauldron born at the end. He just played it at the end. And I remember a couple yeah. people there were almost a bit like, what the hell? Yeah. Because they were just watching him. We were like, you see, we're like, we're like freaking headbanging at the front. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it does make you want to headbang though, mm. I think. Something like the cauldron Definitely born. Definitely jig. Go listen jig to headbang. Damn the Bard. Um, that's the artist. And then the song, The Cauldron Born, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me you don't want to headbang to that. <laughs> that is rocking, you know? You're like, turn it up, crank that up. Crank the cauldron born. <laughs> Yeah, that's powerful, man. That's powerful stuff. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you know that. Right, let's have a look at some more more stuff. Oh, yeah. In 1998, Italy became the first nation in recorded history with more citizens over the age of 60 than under the age of 20. It's all that olive oil, man. It's all that extra virgin olive oil. Mm. That Mediterranean diet, you know? Yeah, is that one of the, part of the one of the problems that's happening with um, like lack of babies and stuff we've been talking about before? Like, there's going to be too many old people and not enough young people. You it might it might be because of that. It could be because of several reasons. Do you know what I mean, it, it could be just because um, people in Italy, on average, just you know, are so healthy mm. that there's just people aren't dying until mm. they're like well over 60. Mm. I mean, that could be one of the reasons. But I mean, there is de- it is definitely a fact that people are you know, having a lot less kids now. Yeah. I remember like reading the other day that like in, in um, I think it was only like something like 1980, um, it was like fairly common for families to have more than two children. Mm. Whereas now it's really uncommon mm. for family, for, for, for like a, yeah, a man and a woman to have more than two children. So yeah. it's gone from being in the 1980s, so what's that, 40 years ago, really common to have more than two kids, and now it's mm. really uncommon. Yeah. So there's that trend, and it does seem to be just going down and down and down. Yeah, and you down keep hearing also, people you know. saying about, like, you know, there's going to be less people to almost, like, pick up the work of what's been before, you know, and stuff. But, like, yeah, they call it um, a population collapse, yeah, don't they? Yeah. And I think it's weird because there's been such an overemphasis on... Um, certain other issues mm, but like, that is a like, big issue and that's like this massive issue which just seems to be flying under the radar and mm. i think most people yeah it's not even on their radar no and they're not even paying attention to it and i think a lot of people if you do bring it up are so have so haven't thought about it enough or are so almost conditioned to think about 
other 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 like worries of our society global warming. they almost like dismiss it yeah and it's like no 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 like, like it's, please just think about this in depth mm. it is a massive issue mm. it's a massive potential issue like mm. we there are so many th- you know like yesterday weren't we like we, we we were doing sort of like a bit of like an odd job mm. for like um our sort of parent company you know obviously we work for aw radio um and obviously aspen weight obviously of the aw it's like a large company which comprises you know diff- lots of different departments um and we would we would basically just doing some odd jobs going around in a van for for aspen weight yesterday i remember you said to me at one stage when we we dropped off that that big sort of in industrial fridge at mm. that that place in um sort of near Froome and bath you said all like isn't it funny like all oh, the different um like jobs just like people have Do you remember you said that <laughs> yeah. Well, we were taking a slash randomly behind a behind a fucking, <laughs> I mean, behind a behind a, like a, I don't know, like a little warehouse or a barn or something. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, it's like think all of these jobs. So, like as you were saying yesterday, like yeah, it's funny the amount of different jobs people have, but all of these different jobs are like supporting our infrastructure. Yeah, and it's like somebody has to do them. Like the guy we met there, really nice chat, wasn't he? Hmm. Um, like he. He rebuilt, they basically re, um, rebuilding sort of like fridges and other stuff and then sell them on like even something industrial like that. equipment and everything yeah. so like, I'd have no clue and I wouldn't yeah. really know anyone that has a clue yeah. about any of that stuff but think like but think like if you think about it like even something like that that might seem like on the surface like a random job well think all these big industries and manufacturing plants and like whatever you want to call, like to call them like you need these like big fridges to like keep certain foods cold before they go onto the market. Well, mm. who's building them? Who's then maintaining them? Mm. Who's then fixing them and selling selling them on again? Like that guy yesterday, mm. you know. And then who who's building the buildings that these fridges are going in? You know, who's getting the who's farming the foods mm. that's going into these freaking manufacturing plants that are going to be put in these fridges mm. that then are going to go out to the population? And then who's selling them? You know, it's like. If you my, think about my, it. my most positive like um like like uh like possibility with like AI and stuff mm. would be that it gets to the point where we don't have to worry about that stuff as much. Well yeah, <laughs> and we, and, do you there know what I mean? Like, yeah. Imagine if if like uh, artificial intelligence was so um like you, you know it it was so good that we could actually get it to automate most of the processes that mm. I mean some people may find it really interesting and actually want to do those jobs but like I can imagine most humans. Um, no, that's a like, well. Just I don't know. My my me, my, you know I mean? my worry with that though is then you like as become a society you it. become completely reliant. Yeah, and probably literally within like one or two generations, we've like forgotten even how to do it ourselves. Yeah, you need some massive fail safes, wouldn't you? Yeah, like if if um you know what if the some- AI just breaks or yeah. shuts down for some reason or or decides that they yeah, don't want to do it. Yeah, some backups of some... What do you do? One, two, three steps. Yeah, yeah. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? How like, to do a sewage system. And it's like, <laughs> and like say say if by that point our population is only like, say, I don't know, 30% of what it is now mm. because, you know, all the older people are dead and because people haven't had enough kids, mm. let's say in like 30 years or something, then who? how do you even have enough people to even then even if they are willing to then mm. try and relearn these jobs, if they did something going, how, how do you even have the numbers yeah. to even like do it? Just like hopefully you, know? you could get beyond a point where it would, um, uh, you know, you'd be able to have so many backups in place of like, that it couldn't go wrong. Do you know what I mean? That it yeah. would like, that it that would just be yeah. like almost self running. Like, I saw that. Cool. Um, apparently, did you, did you hear anything about that? Like the first, um, 
like non like oh, the first McDonald's has opened that has no human employees. Wow, it. it's a hundred percent still AA. chucking out it's, those it's just, burgers. It's just hundred percent AI run. Yeah, so it's like you go in. You order something. You know, obviously, they've already got a meal. You know, I feel sorry for some of these burger makers sometimes. I'm like, imagine if they could just be over to, like, painting some pictures or something instead of, like, flipping those burgers. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, It'd be cool if people had more time to do stuff that was actually enjoyable. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's like, for me, that's the perfect, situ- situ- like, scenario with technology as it, yeah, it makes a lot of things redundant, but it makes us able to have more free time to do what we actually want to do. What's the word for that? It's almost like the idea of like a... A utopian. Oh, yeah, like a utopian yeah. world. Yeah. The only thing I think about that, though, is um, like, is is the even the idea of a utopian world realistic? And also, is it really what's best for you as a human? Because a lot of people like Jordan Peterson would argue the adversity and overcoming obstacles and doing hard tasks... Mm. Um, and then doing them with sort of like your head held high is in the long run what mm. makes you happy. Yeah. It's not just doing stuff you want to do all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would say like doing stuff like not um, if you're doing stuff that's good for you that you want to do, then you can treat it with the same um, like attitude as if you were doing a hard task. Do oh, yeah, I, I mean? do. Like, as, yeah, in like, yeah. as in like if you're hard creating... Yeah, and like or, if you're creating yeah. something that you're really interested in, like a track or something like that, yeah. and you're pouring your heart and soul into it, yeah. and you're like, you're researching like all work. of the technological yeah, yeah. ways that you could make it better and all of that. Like, I'm talking about that kind of stuff. And maybe to some people mm. that would be solving equations and, you mm. know, it's like whatever your heart is drawn to the most way, yeah, it's going to take... It's not, it's not like disregarding work. No, work yeah, yeah. Yeah, is yeah. still like yeah. super super important but just having the freedom Almost to choose like, what that work is yeah it's like obviously you know I mean? e- even like you know take me and you for example but obviously i think pretty much like you know like 99 percent of the population are in the same camp like there's a lot of things that we do for work that we don't necessarily want to do mm. and there's a lot of things that we do for free that are very hard work labor intensive but we do mm. them because we are passionate about mm. them mm. and some of them you know it's just like things that you've got to do you know yeah. what i mean it's like you know things that as i said like normal tasks so like for example i would count that you know like anybody with a garden for example yeah has to maintain a garden it's hard work oh yeah because you've got like a fairly so big garden there as well yeah and it's like it's lovely to do it but it's time consuming and it's hard work i like the know? idea of just like the freedom of the choice to just mm. do, like do you know what i mean like not yeah. not completely disregarding the fact that you have to work like i think that's super good for you but it's just that idea of having that freedom to choose what you spend yeah. your time on I think on also doing. another thing as well is obviously if you had a bit more time on your hands because you didn't have to do stuff that AI could potentially be taught how to do or programmed how to do, like then, you know, you could probably like work out more often, spend yeah. more time in nature. I know for a fact that... That's if what I, I mean. If like... I just had a few more hours every week, I would use those hours probably to hike. Yeah, because uh, hiking is one thing. I'm not saying do... you'd sit there and just yeah. be lazy and eat donuts. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, That's what I yeah. mean. Like that freedom to just choose these things that are still really good for you. Yeah, they're still hard. Yeah, yeah. But they're still like really connected. I think and very that's good the thing for your I soul as well. Very good yeah. for you physically and mentally. Like I, I used to go out hiking more before Evie was born. But it's like say, like say, like when I go home today, I'm not just going to go on a hike mm. because it's like, well, I, you know, what I mean, I, I want to sort of see my daughter before she goes to, to bed. But it's like. Mm. Well, but in the day, you've got a lot to do a lot of stuff. Mm. So you can't go in the middle of the day. Mm. But then it's like, well, at the weekend, then you've only got two days really then to cram into like your weekend stuff. So then sometimes even at the weekend, I don't really have a chance to go on a hike. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I do, you know, it's not like, I mean, I do 
spend a fair amount of time in nature. But I mean, I used to be almost like three or four hikes a week. Mm. Whereas mm. now I'm lucky if I squeeze in one. Yeah. And often it's not even one a week. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. so it is a big difference. So I would love to say like, just, I guess, just given an example. You know? Yeah. Mate, like, I, that, I, not that it could be possible, mm. but when I think of like what I want to be possible for yeah, it, it's yeah. like that stuff. It's yeah. just like freeing up us to be able to do what we really good like what we really want uh, and it sounds like because when because when you think about what you want to do there's almost like this negative negative connotation of like you'll just be doing what's like bad for you and that but i don't think that's true like i think you can do like yeah a, i think it would be true with some people mm. but i think i think it obviously I, I think other people obviously a lot of people it wouldn't be the case and mm. i think some people it would be the case do you know what I, and i think it when it is the case for that and for those people that would just like not be doing anything mm at the end like it's karma for themselves like they'll be worse off for it oh they'd be depressed do you know what i mean like yeah, and then the people yeah. that are like super happy and super like yeah um just like and thriving in life would be mm. the ones that are actually putting in some effort as well yeah. you know what i mean like, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to know how many people would end up just like super depressed and just in this weird world of just like watching mm. just rubbish all day and just never moving. vr headset yeah never like, moving from the sofa or yeah. the bed do you know what i mean and it's like knowing that those those things are there and they're possible but like do you choose to do them or not do you know what i mean like having the like you're saying like like we would know that like going on a hike would be way more important mm. than putting a VR headset and make you way happier that, like that, that of of you walking along a river yeah. or something you know it makes you way happier as well like literally um like i went on just like a tiny mini little vacation just like last weekend um like just with you know Evie and Emily and you know it's quite good cuz it was like a bank holiday monday we only had to take like the the friday off but like one of my f- like probably my favorite thing we did other than like seeing family while we were away was um we went to go see Thomas Hardy's cottage mm. obviously Thomas Hardy very famous um British writer um right far from the Madden crowd oh um, yeah and stuff like that we obviously yeah. we did that in English yeah didn't we? yeah Mrs. was it that, Mrs. Yeah. Stooks Bathsheba yeah Bathsheba Farmer Farmer Oak. Oak. <laughs> yeah 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 but um to get to his cottage you have to like park in a car park and then um, there's like two routes you can go like through the woods to his cottage mm. and it's either like a 15 minute walk through the woods or like a 35 minute walk through the woods um, and I think anybody with, with, that has kids will sort of like know why this is sensible but we we took the, we took the 15 minute w- route to his house mm. and then because like Evie was enjoying herself when she was having a nice time she really enjoyed the walk through the woods on the way there but then we took the long one on the way back ah, nice. what you don't want to do with kids is take the long one on the way mm. then they sort of like you know, if they like have knackered. a pa- have a paddy, you'll get mm. knackered, yeah. Mm. And then you've got a long time to get there still and still get back. Mm. But because it was like you know everything went to plan and it was really good and Evie was enjoying herself, we then went the longer route back. But like just that, you know, just obviously going and seeing his cottage and it was just this beautiful cottage in Dorset and obviously with all this history and like to, to think that there was just like this amazing creative mind there that wrote all these amazing books and and. Um, Almost, you can feel almost like the residual creative juices mm. in the air, and I feel like that's almost quite good for you. You almost mm. feel like you're soaking up those residual mm. energies or something without sounding, you know, a bit like you know, you know, out there or whatever. But I think you just sort of can. Do you know what I mean, you it's even just almost in the common sense way. I'm not saying it's like you know actually in the air and you're breathing it in, but just you're, to know that you're that's happened. By there, it. Yeah. yeah, you're feeling inspired. But I think if you are a creative person as well, it's almost like amazing to think this like one of um, Britain's greatest literary minds. Like grew up from like a from a baby here, and he lived there until he was like in his mid thirties, and then mm. after that, I'm pretty sure he just gave it like you know like it was like his mum's place for the rest of the day. So it was like you know he wrote a lot of these great books there, and as I said, it's like 
it's almost like ingrained now into like the earth mm. there or something and mm. you feel that almost it's mm. almost tangible and then just to walk through these beautiful woods on the way back and there's just like bluebells everywhere and then there was this oh, little man. tiny little mm. lake and there's just all these trees and Evie was loving it and it was just amazing like that was like the whole holiday was great the whole little break was great just so it was like three three or four days we were there but that was almost like the most euphoric I felt the whole time we were mm. away and that just goes to show how good it feels being in nature. Yeah, man. It just feels amazing. That reset and that recalibration that you have just yeah. from like walking, like from where, whatever's going on in your mind. Because like you said, you're about soaking up the energies of a really nice place like that. I feel like that happens, say we're in like a normal town or city or something like that. And it's like, you don't even know it's happened to you, but you're feeling a bit more like, oh, Opposite, so much going yeah. on, like all these cars and everything like Overload. that. Overload. Yeah. And then you go out into nature and then just, you could be in a bit oh. of a mood and then it is like, have a bit of a walk and you're like, oh my God, I feel just so different. And it's literally like, the earth's just worked its magic on Mate, you. Just zen, the birds have just been like yeah, you chirping the, at you. And yeah, like, you just look around, there's like little squirrels like yeah. running up the trees and you can hear all these different birds. You know, you can hear a little raven go, Yeah. You know, and you hear like the little blackbirds singing. Yeah. And, oh, mate, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. You know, did you see like all the sun coming through the leaves and the trees, but there's still like, you know, a nice bit of shade and... Mm. It's oh, like what it's you lovely. said as, as well yesterday about um, about sleep. And how if um, if the benefits of sleep could be reduced into a pill form, then it would be priceless yeah. and it would be the most expensive thing. People would thing. be spending thousands on and, it. Yeah. And, you know, like think of like ne- how like incredible you feel in that yeah. walk, in that nature, and how it can recalibrate you and everything. And how that is just something that is just our, like, our God-given right to just be able yeah. to just, like, go out into nature and just thing. breathe that in. It is. Yeah. If, if that wasn't there, yeah. like... You know, and there was this opportunity of that. Imagine how priceless that like would if, be. Like, like if people could get the same mental feeling yeah, from it just from, as you would from walking in nature, almost like, yet again, in a pill form or something. Yeah. And yet again, people would be, it'd be flying off the shelves and it would be in such high demand. It would be like this ridiculously expensive, like, supplement or drug. So, nah, just get in your car, mate, go out the malls. Yeah, but it, yeah, <laughs> like, like with sleep, it's free. Yeah, it's But free. it's amazing how many people are either underslept or never spend time in nature. Yeah. Whereas both of those things can make you feel so happy and yeah. so just good and i know? think it's like it because it takes a bit of a commitment to do it and it's like it's not just a very it, for me it's very instantaneous like if i go out on a walk i start to ch- like feel better like mm. like pretty much straight away but it takes a bit of effort to go out and do you know what i mean drive there and mm. get sorted and make sure you got the right things with you and like then go on this big hike and stuff yeah. but like it is it's um it's it's so rewarding like when you do it like yeah Cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's oh, cool. Oh, hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, as I said, I do. I do wish I had more time just to be like, you know. So yeah, or make the around. machine so we can go out hiking more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, just just to sort of finish off what I was originally saying, it was mental. I watched this video, and it was like, yeah, you know, obviously, like for for quite a few years now, like probably like five plus years, you know, you've like had it in McDonald's, so you don't actually have to even go up to the two and order it. They just have those big screens, yeah, like touch screen, and you like. Big Mac, you know, side of whatever, chicken mm. nuggets. And then you can just pay there and then they'll just call out your order when it's ready. So it was like that. Mm. But then I have no, I didn't see, it didn't show what was going on in the kitchens. I assume it's all just like machines doing it in the kitchens or mm. something. And then it's literally just like a little conveyor belt and you could just suddenly see then your order just like comes out on like a little conveyor belt with mm. like your receipt, like in the little bag and you just take it and just like leave. It's like mental. Yeah. Literally no human employees Yeah, in this McDonald's branch. How yeah. crazy is that? But I know a lot of people, I, I did read like under the video, it was saying like people are concerned that it's like 
obviously going to put loads of people out of work. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, I thought. <laughs> yeah, like but um, more time for hikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's if, it's if it can be offset with more time. You know, if it can, and it's just people are just still in squalor and don't have, you don't have even less money because they, um, they can't work anymore. Yeah. Then, you know, that's obviously a bad thing. But like, could it be? I guess it's like, what's the way around that? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like what's the way and in the it? current current climate, or if it, the only other thing is socialism, and that would be just like uh, yeah, that's just like yeah, that just leads you down a bad path. I yeah, think, in the long run. You yeah, know? it's a balance, man, isn't it? Like I think the only the only answer would be some kind of balance, but to just hope there's more time for walks in nature. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. And mm-hmm. I mean, who really has the answers? But I mean, mm. you know, walking in nature, try and get some sleep, try and listen to some good music. You know, be good to your loved ones. Try and move. Mm. You know, just move. Yeah, and put put um, the birds smell the roses. Mm. You know, put that sacred effort into things as well because it will. Mm. You will get even. You know, some menial tasks like you know that you yeah. don't want to do, but that's just going to be good for you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, um, maybe we'll just reel off just like one or two more facts, and then we'll call it a day, nice ladies and gentlemen. One. Let's see what we've got here, shall we? Let's see what we've got. Um, oh, wait, do you know what? This is so funny because it's pretty much like you literally just brought up this uh, this a minute ago. Um, of women aged uh, 40 to 44, about 82% are mothers. In 1980, 90% were mothers. Wow. So in, um, what's that? Oh yeah, in 1980, sort of that. In yeah, in 40 years, um, the amount of mums aged 40 to 44 have gone down eight percent, and it's a trend mm. that seems to be continuing. Mm. So take that for what you will. It's just an interesting fact, isn't it? You know. Oh, this is a fascinating fact. Um, Elizabeth Ann Buttle holds the record for the longest period of time between the births of her two children. She gave birth to her first child, Belinda. On the 19th of May, 1956, mm. and she gave birth to her son, Joseph, on the 20th of November, 1997. <sighs> that is crazy, meaning that ch- her children were born 41 years and were 185 days apart. That's crazy. I thought my dad was bad, like crazy. Yeah. With his, he was at 11 years from his brother. Yeah, and my mum's 10 years older than my Uncle Dom. Mm. But mm. yeah, four... Oh, over 41 years. Yeah, difference. that's mad. That's crazy, isn't it? That is proper crazy. It's longer than our whole lives. Man, that is nuts, isn't it? That is nuts. Um, yeah. Um, the fear of fear is known as phobophobia. I've got a bit of phobophobia. What, a fear of fear? Fear you of think? fear. Yeah, just I really don't like fear. Like, like, like mm. I, don't, I really don't like when fear arises in me. It's like, mm. you know, I, I'm just like... <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's natural. I mean, mm. nobody wants to feel fearful of it. But anything, I don't get do fear, but but it doesn't induce fear. So that's not because a phobia mm. is where it induces fear in you, I suppose. Yeah, you're isn't like it? so afraid of fear that you feel fearful of the fear. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, that's that's not, I just don't like fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is quite interesting. Um, I don't really know what the takeaway is from this. It's just interesting. Um, repeating affirmations like, I am a lovable person boosts the mood of people that have high self-esteem. But for people with lower self-esteem, repeating affirmations like, I am a lovable person, 
actually makes them feel worse. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? Mm. So if you feel, if you're, yeah, if you suffer from low self esteem, repeating "I am a lovable person" will actually make you feel worse than you already do. Yeah, that's nuts, man. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I don't really know what to make of that. Mm. I think, I think maybe the takeaway from that is if you suffer from low self esteem like that bad. Um, there's not going to be like a cheap or easy fix and there's probably some deep, you know, there's some deep work you probably mm. have to do before something as simple as just saying, I am a lovable person will work. Mm. It's almost like if you already have high self-esteem, maybe something very simple and small you can do like that is going to help just boost it slightly. Mm. But if you've got such a bad self-esteem issue... I, I can imagine it almost awful. triggers you. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like you're feeling like it's a lie. Because you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you feel like it's some sort of lie or maybe even like some sort of pressure mm. and it's pressuring you to feel something yeah. that you know yeah, you're I not. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, I, mean, I would say like one of the interesting things about changing your state into a better state mm. is like using your imagination to, to like to almost like creatively think or creatively think and creatively feel mm. what it is to be like in a good state, like happy mm. or whatever. Like rather than saying I am a lovable person, like feeling like what it's like to feel love like do you know what i mean as in like yeah. to feel love with another person like what would that be like like imagine it in your head as a little daydream of like mm. if someone like really liked me and they looked at me and they smiled at me and then i smiled at them and then i kissed them mm. like do you know what i mean like mm. that would feel awesome and then it's almost like this little um like movie that you're playing in your head and then and uh, do you know what i mean and it's mm. like the imagination of a good situation in the scenario in like a like a little little film would like would change your state into a more positive one because yeah. they say that don't they like you know it's like that whole thing about visualization and i remember talking to ruter about it with um yeah uh you know like imagining when you um make a lift or something and like how athletes oh, completely yeah. visu visualize what they're gonna do before they do it and how much it makes it um more possible for them to actually make complete that like, yeah that's what that's that's stuff. what i mean i mean sometimes obviously when we train together you know i'll, I'll say things yeah. sometimes i'll be like right like like, like, think, think positive. And, yeah. and I'll, sometimes I'll say things like, um, you know, like, just think about like you've already you, you've already yeah. done it. That the act of doing it is just it's just a triviality. You yeah, know, it's, just, it's just trivial. And that's know? it. But it's that it's imagination. Yeah. And like when yeah. you when you imagine with your mind something like that, that actually helps you create it yeah. in in reality. And I think it's the same with like if you feel like really rubbish or you feel like you're not a lovable person, mm. think and feel what it is like to be lovable. Like, do you know what I mean? Rather than saying yeah. I am a lovable person, <laughs> you have to actually believe it, not just say it. Yeah, I think that's like the big takeaway. Isn't yeah, it? that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah for but sure. But if man. you play with your imagination, you play with the I with the idea of what it is to believe it you know yeah and that on, can on actually a, create it on a deep level yeah yeah i thought this is quite interesting um did you know that whispering can be bad for your vocals mm. um anyone who has suffered from laryngitis has probably tried to protect their voice by whispering but many doctors and vocal coaches actually advise against this um studies have shown that whispering does more damage to vocal cords than actually speaking at a normal at your normal vocal mm. volume um yeah um uh, but apparently humming something like humming can be good for you and it's actually good for your sinuses it helps keep air flowing between the sinus and nasal cavities um which humming does better than almost anything else it helps ventilate and keep them clear of infection so that's interesting isn't it yeah you can i'm, I'm definitely a hummer yeah i hum and sing a lot oh and let's finish on a disgusting fact about belly buttons. Aww. Belly buttons contain hundreds of bacterial strains, many of which scientists can't even classify. In a sampling from the belly buttons of 95 different subjects, 
Researchers found more than 1,400 bacterial strains, 47% of which could not be classified by science. That's man, that's almost half. Mutation. Alien freaking bacteria living inside of your baby. Um, yeah, and the rest, the other, the other 53% were different types of lint. I have to say, I don't even really know what that means. Isn't lint like a uh, little, isn't lint fluff? Yeah, I thought it was, but I mean, it says like the bacteria, like oh, 53% yeah. of the bacteria was different types of lint. Fluffy, fluffy And maybe lint. I'm looking into it too much. <laughs> so yeah, we'll leave it on that fact, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, hope that you enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us on another Pandora's Box. We will be back again next week. Oh, actually, I don't think I'll be I'll be here for the next one. I think I'll be um, at Download Festival. But uh, Bullwinkle, Andrew will be here with you, take, oh, taking yeah. care of your needs, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. Thanks for chilling with us again, guys. We love you.